Welcome, everyone, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Today, we get to do our Christmas special episode, which only happens once a year. That's right. It's our third annual, Gary. Like, where is the time gone, dude? I actually cannot believe this is our third one. Yeah, the first one we did, we just had our buddy Isaac on. Mm-hmm. Then the next one, we invited uh, some patrons and people from our Discord. Yeah. And this one, we didn't invite any of them. No, no one was invited. <laughs> we just, all we did was ask a few bands that are on our Discord if they wanted to get on here and chat a little bit about the holiday. And they were all for it. it it's, I think it's an awesome episode, and I'm stoked for people to listen same so let's get in the holiday spirit oh boy here we go and i mean if you're driving you probably can't do this but you know get your robe on turn on the fireplace what holidays are you celebrating get your hot cocoa what do you mean (laughs) robe fireplace what is this you gotta get comfy or you know your sweater blanket or your snuggie or whatever chestnuts roasting on an open fire that's right all that stuff right hot cocoa yes cup of coffee little eggnog yeah that kind of stuff you're getting it and a whole lot of all-consuming podcast let's go all right so the first band we interviewed is our friends in unworthy yeah from southern california and they have been killing it this year absolutely uh releasing a single after single and we're super excited to see what they got coming up next here's our interview with jordan and dennis and so to start off just so people know who's who and what's going on um how about jordan what is your name that i just said and what is your role in the band (laughs) uh so as gary mentioned uh my name is jordan jimenez actually Um, my names (laughs) (laughs) so my role in the band is uh mainly music writer and guitar player i arrange and produce all the songs. Um, my partner Dennis comes over and he records at my place all the vocals, and I take care of all the editing, mixing, mastering, production, the whole shebang, and get it all uploaded for everybody to head their bang, to headbang their heads too, to head yeah. their bangs too. <laughs> bangs are coming back, dude. So they're yeah. coming back. They're coming <laughs> back. Bangs and mullets. Let's go. All right, and Dennis. Um, yeah, Dennis Woods. I am the vocalist and lyric writer for Unworthy. Well, I write all the lyrics. As Jordan mentioned, he does all the music. So whenever he's got all the music ready, I just come over to his place and try to crank out the vocals. Nice. So when you guys have guest vocalists, which you've done a few times, this this is a off-the-cuff question. Like, how do you guys do that? Do you just reach out to them on social medias and say, yo, we got a spot we want you to do. It's actually been a different experience each time. Uh, the first one was Sean Moran from While We Were Sinners, and he actually hit us up. He's like, yo, let me get on a track with you guys. We're like, yeah, That's sure, cool. let's do it. That was that was kind of a cool experience. Um, the next one for The Root of All Evil was Robert Menzone from Searching Serenity, and me and him had been kind of growing a relationship for a while, becoming buddies, and I was like, dude, you got to hop on a track, and he was super down for it. So that was a pleasure to have him on a track. And uh, Christian Roche from Diamonds to Dust, Dennis, he's actually the one who started that. Uh, hmm. Why don't you go ahead and tell that, Dennis? 
Yeah, so I think I first heard Diamonds to Dust maybe a year or two ago when um, their single Corpus Christi dropped on Slam yeah. Worldwide. And after I heard that, I was like, wow, these guys are definitely going places, and this guy might have the nastiest vocal I've heard mm-hmm. today for like a Christian band. So we went on Instagram, and we messaged him, and we were like, well, what does it entail to get you on the track? And he goes, send me the instrumental, send me the timestamps, send me what lyrics you want me to say. And I think within like about a month or two, because they were recording their album the same time he was recording uh, the guest vocals for that song. So it took about a month or so before we got it back. But I remember even like the raw, unmixed, demo that he sent us was just so gnarly. I was blown away. any happier. It's awesome. That's cool. So like unworthy, you guys are super heavy, like awesome face melting heavy, you know? What like let's start with Dennis. Dennis, what got you into heavy music? What was your gateway band into heavier music? I love to rant and ramble, so I'll try to make this as short as possible. <laughs> and I apologize, Jordan, in advance, because uh, I know he's probably heard me tell, share this story like millions of times already. I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember watching Nicktoons as a kid, but there was oh, yeah. a show on Nickelodeon called Kablam, and it, uh, yeah. there was like a little segment on Kablam called Action League Now, and I remember they had an episode where they used to kiss action figures. And I remember I was like, oh my gosh, there is a rock band that looks like that. That is wild. <laughs> and around the same time, a guy that I went to school with, we were like 10 years old at the time. His mom had like a, he and his mom had like an extensive record collection. And it was like, he had Kiss and Twisted Sister. And I remember one weekend I stayed with him and we jammed like Kiss and Twisted Sister's greatest hits. And after that, I was like, man, I'm going to, be into hard rock and heavy metal. And then when I was about 13, I was going to church with a kid at the time that was my, a little bit older than me that was like really into Metallica and he played guitar. So after I hung uh, I, he got me into playing guitar. So we started jamming and trying to, you know, do stuff together. And when I, um, I remember I knew some guys that were listening to stuff like Slipknot, um, corn and Limp Biscuit at the time and it wasn't really my thing but I remember my cousin was a skater and he was trying to get me into like corn and Limp Biscuit and all the new metal stuff but one of his skater friends introduced us to the band Zayo and he was like dude he's like this is Christian man I picked it up at the Christian bookstore you gotta check this out so I remember after I heard Zayo I went to the Christian bookstore and I picked up like one of the solid state compilations that had like Norma Jean, Demon Hunter, I think the Agony Scene, and a few, and like some of those bands. I'd ended up bumping into a guy in our hometown named Richard who were, uh, played in the band called Through the Eyes of the Dead. And eventually Through the Eyes of the Dead would end up pouring with bands like Azalea Dying and they would be, their records would be sold in Hot Topic and stuff. And I remember he invited me to like a house show and um, after that, I got into the local scene and I really started diving into, you know, bought me a seven string and started playing like chugga chugga breakdown kind of mm-hmm. after that. That's cool. How crazy is it how like how many like 
people were like converted to heavy music through Christian bookstores. It feels like that is the <laughs> constant like story, you know, people like, oh yeah, I saw this one CD at a Christian bookstore, bought it and you know, my parents let me have it because it was at a Christian bookstore yep, or whatever, you yep. know, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. Thanks, Dennis. Uh, all right, yeah. Jordan, you got one minute. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dennis. <laughs> what about you, man? I, I've been thinking about this because I've, I've been asked this question a few times, and I've, I've been really trying to dive into the history. Like, I remember maybe like seven or eight, my dad listened to a lot of music. My dad's a big music junkie. And I think the heaviest thing I had heard around that age was probably Dream Theater. Mm-hmm. My dad's a big Dream Theater fan, and he would always watch live DVDs. He was all about live DVDs. Um, but by the time I got to the age where I was, like, allowed to have my own music and, like, listen to music, I was listening to, like, Skillet, Under Oath. I was, like, that total, like, homeschool Christian kid. Youth group um, music. <laughs> yeah, youth group music. Skillet, Collide is the heaviest thing that ever existed. <laughs> no no bash on Skillet, no bash on yeah, Skillet. Yeah. <laughs> But um, I just remember like that was like, this is it. This is so heavy. And then one day my, my buddy was listening to something. I was like, what are you listening to? He's like, dude, check this out. And he popped an earbud in my ear and it was 94 hours by Isaiah dying. Oh yeah. That's awesome. Mm. And I was just blown away. I was like, this is the dopest thing I have ever heard in my life. And I remember going home the next morning. Cause it was like four friends, like sleepovers. It was a bunch of guys. And the next day I was like, dad, you got to look up this band as they dying. And we watched like every music video in existence in a sitting. And I remember being like, I want to know how to play guitar like that. Yeah. Mm. And so he showed me, he's like, this is what they tune to have at it. You know? And then I just started learning as they dying songs and started getting carried away with all the metal. <laughs> That's awesome. Your dad's cool with uh, screaming and, harsh vocals and all that oh yeah yeah i always send him stuff it's funny because my, my dad's a worship leader and he would be like hey buddy send me a song to send to the worship team to trick them say like hey guys listen to this song we're gonna do this on sunday <laughs> so i'd like i would like send him nailed dead risen from impending doom yeah. so he'd send that out to the vocalist he'd be like okay i want you to learn these harmonies <laughs> so they put it on and it's nailed dead risen like bro that's so intense <laughs> dude that's awesome i think yeah. you sent the wrong link yeah, yeah. Man, he, he loves all that stuff. He listened to me. I, I don't have a CD player anymore, but my dad listens CDs in his car. So, like, whenever I buy CDs, I'll give it to him and he'll jam it on his car. He's got, like, Phineas in his car and stuff like that. So, he loves it. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So, I think with that, we will transition to the holiday topic. Hold on. Since... Let me light up my Grinch necklace. Oh! Look at that. You I'm like gonna that? A, I'm going to have a seizure over here. <laughs> <laughs> there <laughs> my, my wife i was i was like yo i'm doing this and christmas thing you know and she's like well do you need any props i'm like props props what? she's like yeah take <laughs> this uh take this max horn max from the grinch <laughs> and uh, a little uh, grinch neck <laughs> necklace so i'm not gonna wear it because i feel really weird now but you know i just had to i, I had to show up as we're transitioning to holiday stuff you know thanks bling, i'm gonna bling, remember that ring <laughs> <laughs> you know the Grinch is now considered public domain, and there's like a Grinch slasher film coming out. Dude, I saw that. That's crazy. What? It's the dude from no, Terrifier that's playing the Grinch, so that makes it even better. Oh I'm, my god! I'm really curious now. 
But yes, holiday season. Thanks, Tyler. Gotcha, dude. Don't worry, so, man. So I'll, I'll ask Dennis first. What is your favorite holiday tradition, whether it's from a kid or what you do now? or I'm a bit of a movie nerd, so it's probably binging all of my favorite holiday Which are? Home Alone Let's 1 go. and 2. I lumped those into like one film together. So I watched those on Thanksgiving, actually, already. So I need to still watch Christmas Vacation. I haven't watched that mm. yet this year. Uh, and Muppets Christmas Carol. Like, I watch that all the time, too. Dude, my daughter, for the first time, like, we showed her Home Alone 1 and 2 over Thanksgiving. And, like, she's, like, I guess, like, super into phys- physical comedy. When the Wet Bandits get absolutely destroyed, like, should be killed multiple times, you know? <laughs> Like, she is just knee-slapping, loving it. Like, <laughs> Dude, you got to show her some Looney Tunes. Right, exactly. Like, she's into it now. She gets it. She thinks people getting hit with bricks. Objectively, <laughs> though, like, that scene in Home Alone 2 where they're chucking bricks or uh, what's his name? What's the kid's name? Yeah, Kevin. Yeah, when he... Kevin. Yeah. Oh, When so Marv gets hit in the face with that brick in Home Alone 2... That yes. now, oh, the older I get, it actually makes me cringe now because I'm like, dude, he would have been dead gone for the yes. first, yeah, first break. <laughs> gone. He died 10 times over in that scene. Yes. <laughs> oh, man, that's cool. That's funny. So, Jordan, what's your favorite Christmas holiday tradition? I feel so boring. Like, I'm not sure if, like, I even have, like, a set tradition that I do every year. But I would say, honestly, just, like, the thing I look forward to most, like, around Christmas time is just, like, spending time with my family. Mm. Mm. I'm I'm big on quality time with people I love. Just having that time during the holiday season, there's just something extra magical about it, you know? Yeah. Do you get a, a good chunk of time off from work and stuff? Nowadays, do I, I do, yeah. Like, I usually request off the last two weeks of the year. I've got next week and then i got two weeks off so i'm looking forward to that dude nice. same same boat like nice. uh, december 19th I've, i'm done until like january 3rd yep same but, here and so it'll be fun it's just just stress-free holiday time you know so i'll drive down to california and hang out <laughs> yeah dude come come feature come feature on a song what's, gary what's the weather like down there <laughs> i think it was like 62 today oh my oh gosh. man we got snow everywhere up here. Oh, jeez. So let's continue with this. Jordan, you guys brought us a song, right? You and Dennis each brought a song, your favorite Christmas song. Let's start with Jordan. What song did you bring us to spread holiday cheer? What is it, dude? Dude, this is the song I look forward to listening to every Christmas, and it's metal. Mm. It is Becoming the Archetype's Holy Night. It's everything you wanted in a Christmas metal song. It's like Tim Burton meets metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so <laughs> eerie the way it starts and then it picks up and then just like the shredding guitars and the breakdowns. It's it's so good, dude. Yeah, I like I like playing that like in the car with people that have no idea what they're about to hear. Cuz you know, <laughs> it starts off with like a choir and very traditional and mellow yeah. and peaceful and the choir is like very soft and gentle. And then all of a sudden you get chuggy guitars and a guitar lead that punches through everything and the choir goes away and you can just tell people are going to be like, what are we listening to? What, what song yeah. just came on? But Dude, that breakdown when it, when it kicks in is so good. I love it. See, with me, 
it's this weird cycle. Every time I hear for the first time a Becoming the Archetype song, right? <laughs> it starts off and I'm like, dude, I hate this. <laughs> and then it con- then it continues. I'm like, okay, it's kind of good. <laughs> and then finally, like, it gets towards the end. I'm like, it's the best song I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> that's literally every song I hear by them for the first time. So I, I pop this bad boy back in. I, kn- I knew you were picking the song. And I felt it all over again. But you're so right. Like, when those guitars come in, and it's like metalcore, which yeah. is a little I, I feel like a little bit different from some of their other stuff. But like it is so good. Yeah. So good. It just hits you, man. It hits you so hard, right in the face. I like the uh you know, he screams that he pretty much only says fall on your knees, right? And uh yeah. but like the blast beats between each time mm. that he screams that, I'm like, What what song even is this? This isn't a Christmas song. <laughs> like Yeah. And it starts off so like, it is eerie, but it's traditional, you know. Yeah, but like you're like this is this is the actual song. Was it part of that compilation that came? Yeah, it was a solid state compilation that went out. Yes. Wasn't yeah, it? the Midnight Clear. Yeah. yeah, Midnight Clear. There you go. But yeah, it starts out feeling familiar, but there's this atmosphere in it that's just like this is kind of eerie a little bit. Yeah, I kind of think I. So when they play the piano, I think they hit the wrong key occasionally. That just gives you this really creepy feel. Mm. Like, yeah, almost like they switch right. it to a minor key or something. Yeah, yes. yeah. Like this isn't happy. Like, yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> it's by far like one of the best, in my opinion, renditions of that song because I'm not a huge fan of the original. Not that I don't like it, but like I'm not like this is my go-to right Christmas song to listen to. I get that. But like, become the archetypes is so yeah good. so good because the original song is kind of slow it's like i'm gonna fall asleep while singing this kind of deal so I, I i know what you're saying yeah it's definitely a song that i hum to my boys when they were little babies to help them fall asleep the breakdown <laughs> okay <laughs> just like sleep. doing the blast beats <laughs> drumming on their back <laughs> Why are you not sleeping? Okay, here comes the guitar lead. <laughs> Babe, can you come put them down? They're not going to sleep. <laughs> Nothing works. That is a record for like mouth noises. That has to be the time limit record on this podcast ever, dude. It's never been over like two seconds. All right. Okay, Guinness. so what I meant, obviously we all know I meant the original. <laughs> so... Any, yeah, anything else on that one? Are we, we good to move no, on to Dennis's? I, I'm good, man. You can go to Dennis. All right, Dennis. What song did you bring for us, and what's your favorite part? Why'd you pick it, et cetera? Yeah, so I went in the complete opposite direction. Um, I actually picked a, I guess you could consider it a new pop classic. And the thing, and it, let me preface by saying I almost hate all things contemporary. I am like an old, grumpy old man who hates all <laughs> things new, fangled, and I don't understand new music at all. They changed but, it. <laughs> yeah, like, the song that I picked was Mary Did You Know. I think I heard it in, like, every church service for, like, the past maybe decade since it came out. Yeah. And the reason why I picked that song is because as a lyricist, I tend to cling to songs that I feel like are deep in their lyrics and message. And there's mm-hmm. one particular line in that song. And I'm also a stickler for rhyming when I write as well. So there's a line in the song that says, Mary, did you know 
your baby boy has walked where angels trod, and when you kiss your baby, you kiss the face of God. And the first time I heard that line, it just like it was like boom, like right, you know, just hit me like out of left field. When it comes to Jesus, the unfortunately there's so many people out there that have this misconception that either he was a prophet or he was a good man. They may even go right. as far as to say that Jesus is the Son of God, but what they don't realize is that he's not just the Son of God, he is God. Right. John yeah. chapter 1 establishes that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. And then it goes on to say the Word became flesh and dwelt among men. And yeah. if the Word was God, then when did God become flesh and dwell among men, if not in the person of Christ Jesus? Yep. So um, that that line from that song, every time I hear it, it just oh, hits me so hard. Like, you know, the message of who Jesus is. Yeah, is there a specific version that that you're drawn to, or just whatever churches play? Um, I'm trying to remember. I think it's the acapella group Pentatonics. Oh yeah, mm. like I always, I felt always found their version particularly like interesting, just because of that weird like acapella thing. Yeah, well, they make good music with their voices. Oh yeah, so yeah, they do. Exactly. they're talented, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, it's like you don't need the music to drive it. They, yeah, they do it all vocally. I, I, I yeah. like that aspect of it. Yeah, I did a little bit of a deep dive on the song because I, I, I have been that person that's like, well, yeah, she knew. An angel came and said that he will be the king and descendant from David and yada, yada. But anyway, so I did a deep dive. I'm like, okay, how old is this song? Where did it come from? Whatever. And yeah, you're right. It's not that old. Like, I thought this was like, you know hundred some but it came out in like the 80s early oh, 90s wow i didn't realize really? that either. okay that's even yeah, that's and, even older than i thought i thought it was like an early 2000s song so it was the lyrics were written before the music was written and they were oh, written okay. by mark mark lowry from the you know right Baker vocal yeah. band yeah and he wrote it for like a church uh christmas program that they were doing and the idea was it was a woman who was sitting down to have coffee with Mary after Jesus was crucified and, you know, came back to life and did all that. And it's like, Mary, it's you. Did you know all of this was going to happen? And it's just a series of questions of what Mark Lowry would ask her if he saw her in real life alive and it happened, right? They don't have the Bible that says, well, yes, actually an angel appeared, you know, and told yeah. her, you know, like, uh, and so once I learned that, I was like, okay, I'll give it a little more grace. Uh, <laughs> and uh, But yeah, it became popular because a couple of people uh, wrote music to it later, also from the Gaither vocal band. And then, what's that dude? Uh, Clay Aiken. Yeah. He's, he's <laughs> yeah. the first guy, first person to hit it, to, put, get, to sing it, to get it on a billboard. And ever since then, like every year, someone's got a version that makes it in like the top 100 holiday songs. And yeah, Pentatonix is is up there. Dude, you search it on Spotify, you can just scroll. Dude, yeah. How many people have done <laughs> oh, it? Because it's so popular. Oh, but has imagine. August Burns you Red know? done it? I don't know. I bet they will. No, they, they need haven't. to. Yeah, I'd love to hear that. Well, that kind of wraps up our songs that you guys brought to us. What is Unworthy up to? 
Like, what is the best way listeners can support you? You know, um, yeah, just kind of give us a little update on the band. Uh, yeah, me and Jordan were actually talking about this today. We are currently working on new music. Sweet. And that new music will be released through a label. And I think that's oh. all we're going to say about oh, that. Oh, let's go. Yes, sir. Sweet. Jordan, anything to add to that? Uh, man, just just stoked. Just having to keep everything on the down low. But um, I have been telling people there will definitely be physical releases, and that is why. So just working on a lot of music for this next year, man. We got a lot of really exciting things coming up. That's sweet. So, so what's the best way that like our listeners can support you guys? Like, Is Spotify the best way, like following you guys on social media? Yeah, your dude. stuff. Um, for for one, we have a we have a link tree. So whatever social media you go to us on, whether it's Instagram at unworthy hxc, or you find us on Facebook or TikTok, we have in our page our link tree, and you can find everywhere we're located there. So you can listen to us anywhere you listen to music: Amazon, Pandora, Spotify, YouTube. Apple Music, anywhere. I personally am yeah. a stickler for Spotify, so if you follow us on Spotify, that's great. Um, I think a lot of promotional reasons for bands, Spotify does the best for them. So if you listen to us on Spotify, that's probably the best uh, way to help us out. I think that's awesome. Uh, really, really love what you guys are doing. Uh, you know, Keep putting out bangers. We're so excited for what you guys are going to do. And hopefully uh, New Year brings some awesome music like you guys hinted towards. Heck yeah, yeah, Tyler man. and I were just talking yesterday. Like, yeah. if you guys would put your singles that you've already released to, like, an EP or even, like, a full length yeah. to fill it out, it would be, like, on par with a lot of, like, what's already out there with, like, Face Down. Yeah, labeled stuff. Yeah, labeled sure. stuff. Thanks, like, man. Especially from, like, Absolutely. early 2010s when, like, that was, like, our main jam is anything that came yes. out, you know? Right, like, you guys are like on par with like that hardcore deathcore thank you. level, dude. Thank you so much. And w- one of the reasons why we did that singles this year was for one because of myself doing all the production. I needed more time to learn to get better, mm-hmm. and so with each single gave me about three months to learn more in production, mixing and mastering. And I, I feel like I've, I've gotten better with each release. So we have talked about possibly re-releasing those on some kind of like compilation or something, but I think I would still take those and I would, I would remix them. Mm-hmm. I'll get them to a yeah. better sitting quality because they're great songs. I love them, but uh, hearing them back now, I'm like, oh, I could do way better now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, War of Ages did it. You know. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, they, yep. that's right. They did. Yeah. A lot of bands do that. Even Phineas did it. Yep. So. Well, yeah, so thanks for coming on, guys. Merry Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. Hope yeah, Merry you. Christmas, guys. Thank you so much for having us on. It was a pleasure. All right, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, guys. Man, those guys are awesome. I am so excited for the new music they're going to release mm-hmm. and them doing it on a label. Like, that's so sick. Yeah. And thinking about, like, what they were saying about uh, favorite movies, like, do you, do you Gary... Have a favorite Christmas movie? Do I, Gary? <laughs> I mean, I have a lot of Christmas movies that we watch, um, but I think my favorites are the ones that like my son likes the most too. Because I don't know, you find more joy in a movie that your whole family likes, kind of thing. Right. Uh, but my favorite is probably 
Jim Carrey's The Grinch. See, I knew you were going to say that. Even though it's not that Christmassy, you know? What? What? I mean, it's it's about Christmas and stuff, but it's not like, it's not about giving. It's not about like being with your loved ones. Well, like, it's more like the opposite of those things. It's about but, taking and. But the, <laughs> but the the moral is like at the end. Maybe Christmas isn't about gifts. Maybe it maybe means it's about a, a little, little bit more. Bit more. <laughs> Dude, okay. So I checked this out recently. The IMBD, like their rating of Jim Carrey's. It's the not Grinch. good, is it? I don't even want to look. I don't like, trust it. It's like six out of ten. Uh, is that like the people or the critics? I think critics, and the people score was higher. Yeah, the audience score, or whatever. But yeah, the critic score is low, and I never realized that because, like, when I was a kid and I saw it, I loved it. Same. And like, yep. just like immediately. But some people watched it and were like, "This sucks." Yeah, that'd be. I think my dad doesn't like it. <laughs> I, I watched it so much as a kid. So are we just like attached to movies like that because the nostalgia, or is there actually something like for me? Like I watch it and like those some of the lines in the Grinch, Jim Carrey's version, are like so quotable. And yeah, like every absolutely. Christmas, I say it. Yeah, that's it. I'm not going. What does he say? What does he say when he puts the mistletoe? He says, "Pucker up, Whoville," or something Pucker like that. Pucker up and kiss it, Whoville. <laughs> that's the only line I regret my son quoting. <laughs> from that <laughs> no he like holds something and he's like boing i'm like oh jeez, dude you can't do that okay it's funny that. at home yeah <laughs> yeah okay that's funny. what about um, you do you have a, a christmas movie i've got a few um i i've introduced my my daughter to a lot of christmas movies too mm-hmm but my favorite Christmas movie is probably my dad's favorite, which is why it's mine. Is It's a Wonderful Life. That's a black and white one? Old school. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. My dad watches that watch every it. year. Yep. Yeah. We got to watch it every year. Um, and it's become like super awesome in our family. Like we just like all watch it together, which is really cool. Um, but I don't know if like it's the same thing. Like do I love it a lot because I have good memories as a child watching it? Mm. Or is it really good? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And maybe maybe Die Hard is actually my favorite Christmas movie because that is objectively a really good movie. Not not a really good Christmas movie? Oh, okay. It's, <laughs> it is. It is a Christmas movie. Yeah. Uh, we were on that page. We, we had this argument. The very first Christmas episode, I did not agree. And now I do agree. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've changed my ways, Gary. That's great. So how about our next interview? What do we got? So coming up next is Undertaking, The Undertaking with an exclamation mark. That's right. They made us say that. They did not let us forget that, Gary. That's right. Got to say their name correctly. So yeah, these guys are also from Southern California, and we talk to them, both of them on our Discord pretty often. They're pretty active on there, and they send us teasers and uh, let us know about merch and give the Discord like uh, discount coupons and stuff. Like They're really great guys. Able to see them a few times live. Yeah, so this interview is with Austin, their vocalist, and Johnny, one of their guitarists. Yeah. All right, Tyler and I are here with two fellas from The Undertaking, and so we're going to jump right into our questions that we have for them. Question number one, what is your name, and what is your role in the band? Uh, first off, you didn't uh, say our name with enough uh, gusto. Sorry. and oof. The Undertaking! <laughs> there we go. There it is. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, hey, I'm Austin uh, from The Undertaking, and I am the vocalist. Uh, specifically, I'm not the singer, because I just yell into a microphone, and that's what I do. And the other fellow with us. My name is Johnny. Uh, I am also in The Undertaking with the exclamation point, and I play guitar in the band. Okay, guys. Um, okay, so The Undertaking, exclamation point. You guys are, like, super fun, like, like chaotic rock, heavy. Like, what got you guys in to heavy music? What was, like, your gateway band? Let's start with Johnny. Johnny, what's your gateway band to uh, heavy music? That is a very good question. Um, my gateway band to heavy music was a band called Beloved. Mm, um, yeah. They usually, I think, write their name Beloved with U.S. in parentheses because I, I think there's another band called Beloved. Uh, but my friend showed me them, and uh, I immediately fell in love with how they combined melodic uh, singing with crazy heavy uh, guitars and screaming. And I was like, "What? what is this? How do I find more of this? So that, that was my gateway drug. I love that their singer is their front man, and their drummer was their screamer. You know, because yeah. of that, well, a few years later, Under Oath was like the reverse. And I felt like tons right. of bands were copying the drummer clean sings and they got a front guy screaming their head off. Totally. But yeah, Beloved's awesome. That's cool. So self-proclaimed screaming into a microphone guy, Austin here. Like what what, what inspired you? What was your gateway into uh, heavy music? Uh, being from San Diego, it Johnny will roll his eyes at this, but it was always P.O.D., <laughs> Um, uh, because they were like, you know, back in the day when, when I was like a younger kid, which I've talked on a couple podcasts about this, like it was always POD, NIV, Dogwood, uh, and some of those guys who were all local, like they'd play at like the local church, just like down the street from my house. Like they don't have shows there anymore, but my sister would go to these punk rock shows and then they would come back and start talking about like, oh yeah, we saw POD. And as a, like a young kid, you try to track that down. So I ended up getting fundamental elements of Southtown at like a oh, Christian yeah. bookstore one time and just kind of fell in love with that. And then the other one for us was As I Lay Dying yeah. uh, from San Diego as well. So, I mean, just as like a young uh, junior higher high schooler, we were going to POD shows, uh, As I Lay Dying shows. And then it kind of, you know, it, it went down the rabbit trail of all the bands that would come through because you're just like, oh, I can't get enough of this stuff. And you're just, I mean, my, I miss those days of just being, what, the early 2000s and you'd have to go to shows to find new bands. You'd yeah. have to go to like the warehouse or the different music stores to just like buy random CDs. And every once in a while you'd get something that was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, you're it like, just is brings the cover art cool? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that meant so much. And so, yeah, that was it. Like POD and then uh, some of those bands were super influential for me. And obviously that's not even... Uh, hardcore, but that was definitely the gateway because I was definitely like a MTV pop kid before that. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we'll segue to the actual, you know, holiday part mm. since it's Christmas time. Um, and I guess I'll start with Johnny. What is your favorite holiday tradition, whether oh. it's growing up or today or whatever? So every year, uh, me and my wife, we, I think, gosh. It might have been like 10 years ago, Starbucks uh, was selling these advent calendar things that uh, it's like a uh, has magnetic tins uh, that has each day of the, of the month on there. And I think it came with chocolates or something like that. Um, but we ended up keeping the tins 
um, just for decoration. And then when we had kids, we decided that, you know, when Advent would roll around or when, when Christmas would roll around, um, we would put little notes inside the tins. And so like uh, today was um, go see the Christmas lights. So in the morning, the kids get up and they get all excited about it. And they're like, let's see what's in the tin. And sometimes it's like have hot chocolate with mom and dad or something simple. But uh, tonight was let's go out and we went around the neighborhood and saw lights and stuff. So that's a fun tradition that gets them excited and then gets us excited because we're doing like family stuff together. That's really cool. I like that. That is awesome, man. I'm stealing it. It's mine now. Yeah, (laughs) steal (laughs) it. All right. So what about you, Austin? Do you have any favorite holiday traditions? Yeah, you know, it's funny about it is it's actually a new one is uh, with young kids. Um, We at the beginning when we first had babies, we would split Christmas between like five different households. I'm exaggerating, but it was just chaos because you're just like jumping around to all these different houses. And by the end of the day, nobody's having fun. And so (laughs) totally, man. (laughs) So we doubled down and probably five years ago or so, we just took Christmas morning to just be our families. And so, you know, with an eight year old, a six year old and a two year old now, like our Christmas morning is like a little bit sacred. Uh, and just a way that we get here and we get to open up presents and there's no rush to get out of the house. There's no rush to uh, open up presents so we can kind of take our time to do that. And we make, you know, cinnamon rolls and coffee, mimosas and all that kind of stuff and just have like a good Christmas morning. And I think that was for us like ch- changing the paradigm where Christmas can get in uh, even the holidays, Thanksgiving, too. You can just get into the the pace of just like, Hey, we got to hustle to this person's house. We got to see this person. We got to do all this and to be able to kind of slow down, um, and just realize like, Hey, it's about my kids making sure it's like the best Christmas that they can have. Uh, it's pretty yeah. cool. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And, and it's, it's interesting cause totally like now I, I think about like my Christmas in the morning and it's like, Oh man, it's seven a.m. We we better get to my parents, mm-hmm. or we better get mm-hmm. to uh, my wife's parents, or whatever it is. Uh, that's awesome, man. I at really... least your family's like down the road, or that is true. Town. I gotta go to Yakima, that which is, is like true. a three and a half hour drive. Yeah, that's yeah. where the drummer from uh, Meadows. When we were in town, after we were in Spokane, oh, yeah. they all drove to Yakima. Uh, which we thought that they were trying to set us up for a, like a D's nuts joke, but it actually turns out to be like a real city in Washington. So. Yep, it's real. Every time we talk to them, it's it's some sort of like balls joke. So they were like, "Have you been to Yakima?" And I'm like, "Yakima balls? Like You're what like, is?" I'm not falling for this. And they're like, "No, it's a real place." I was like, "I don't believe you." So in Washington, this is crazy. Yakima is self-proclaimed known as the Palm Springs of Washington. Okay. So did you feel that when you were there? We we didn't go there, to oh, be honest, okay. but I can already tell you it's not true. <laughs> there's like one street with palm, spring, with palm trees on it, and there's a casino have you guys, there. Have you guys ever been to Palm Desert, the Palm Springs, India, or anything? I have not, no. Yeah. Nope. Is it? Like it's a special place. Our our drummer's mom has a house out there. So once every uh, in the summer, like it's like a band vacation around our our band's birthday. We go out there to Palm Springs for like a weekend and just we are in the pool for the whole like three days and stuff. It's it's, it's a cool spot. Yeah, cool. Come on down. We invite you guys out. Hey, I'm in. We'll be there. We'll be there. That's not a very far drive from Washington, right? Okay, let's jump into this right now. Uh, Let's start with Austin, okay? So we asked you guys to pick your favorite 
Christmas song to talk about your favorite part, what you love about it, okay? So, Austin, what did you bring for us today? Uh, I brought you guys uh, God Rest You Merry Gentlemen by Mannheim Steamroller, which, oh. <laughs> I mean... Like if you if you're not familiar with Mannheim Steamroller, like definitely enjoy that because it's wonderful. Um, and I was thinking about it because I, I was gonna propose like a more traditional song, and so I had like Christmas Waltz by She and Him, which is one of my favorite modern uh, Christmas albums. All the stuff that they've been doing, and it's just like a romantic song that kind of highlights the romanticism of Christmas. Uh, Johnny again is gonna roll his eyes because I'm also like not a fan of. Um, I think Christmas songs are very overrated, so <laughs> so don't even get me started on that. Um, but Mannheim Steamroller is God Yes Rest You Merry Gentlemen is my favorite Christmas song because when I was in high school we would do a Christmas uh, concert every year. I was in band and I played the tenor saxophone. And the tenor saxophone section got to rock that line. And that was just like the one time that we were actually highlighted in the band. And so Let's we go. just, yeah, we owned it. And then if you listen to the song, like at, after the intro, like the beat kicks in and it's like, oh yeah, this is a, this is a bop. <laughs> Dude, that beat, that beat reminds me of like Journey. Cause it's like, yeah, this no, 80, it's, he's going crazy on the keys. Like, dun, 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 yeah. Dun, dun, dun. yep, yep. Yeah. So I did, I've never heard of Mannheim Steamroller. Gary was talking about what you chose, you know. So I listened to it. We talked about it. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. Um, And I think like Facebook must have like listened or something. They're going to be in my (laughs) town in Washington in like a week at our local arena. So like I got to go now, right? Like I got to go check it out. It's because there's no stopping the steamroller once it gets started. (laughs) It just keeps going, man. That's awesome. I love the background story too. Like you, that was your moment to shine. Saxophone. Oh, it's like the dumbest thing. Like nobody, yeah, nobody cared about the tenor saxophone except for during that song. So we had like three <laughs> minutes and twenty two seconds of just like this is our our time. <laughs> That's awesome. Sweet. Okay, uh, I don't know if you can top that, Johnny, but. So what <laughs> what did you bring first, man? No, I I definitely can't top that. I'm I'm. So, Austin will laugh. I'm such like the... <laughs> he's he's wrong. <laughs> I'm wrong. <laughs> Austin and I are so opposite when it comes to to Christmas time because I'm super nostalgic. I love Christmas music. Like I, I'm the kind of guy that like Halloween could end, and I'm like, let's dive into Christmas. Like. Mm. I love Thanksgiving. I'm I'm all for it, but I like want to sit. My wife isn't like that. She's like, don't you can't set up the tree early. Um, but <laughs> the song, the my favorite Christmas song is uh, "Christmas Time Is Here" um, by the Vince Guaraldi uh, Trio, and it's just like classic, uh, nostalgic. Uh, it's amazing jazz. I mean, I don't know if you're into jazz, but it's like the the chord the chord voicings, the jazz of it is really cool and. Something I really like about the song is the somberness of it, where mm. the, the lyrics are very positive and happy, but the the melody sounds almost like sad. And I think, I don't know, the holidays feel like that to me. Like they're not always super great. And I was just talking to Austin, like people are dying all the time during the winter. And it's like <laughs> not a very happy time, you know, where it's just you're thinking about, oh, that, you know, that that grandparent or whoever that friend is like not there on the holiday season, but everything yeah. is flashing at you to like enjoy it. And so I think there's like a 
that song kind of encapsulates that feeling of like, I, I love the holidays and I love tradition and I love nostalgia, but it's like not always a happy time. And that's not a bad thing, you know? I don't know. Yeah. Not, not to bring seriousness into the, you know. No, it's good. Time. It's needed. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I never really thought about that. I've, this is a song that I don't ever listen to on my own. It's like when I'm driving on the road and there's a Christmas radio station that's on. Sure. Uh, and it comes on and stuff and it gets stuck in my head for for days. Like I'll just be whistling it because it's such an easy thing to know, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I can't believe it. So I looked up when this came out and here's a confession. I've never watched Charlie Brown Christmas. Whoa. Oh. Never seen it. It's really Whoa. short. I think it's only like 37 minutes or something like that. Get your kids on the couch. Yeah. Fire it up. Let's yeah. go. Do you know what I was doing when that movie came out? <laughs> I don't know when it came out. 1965. Yeah. <laughs> you were doing nothing, my guy. <laughs> That's right. I was busy, all right? Uh, I love Charlie Brown Christmas. And that is an awesome point. It totally – I haven't really thought of that. It does have that somber feeling. Um, and holidays are hard for some people. Like, I, I'm, I'm a teacher. Uh and like some of my students, like they're going through a lot of stuff, you know, and like, you know it. And, um, for me, like holidays are awesome. Like when I was a kid, I got, you know, I was spoiled, whatever. I got what I wanted. I asked for my parents, like they're still together. Santa Claus listens to you. Santa Claus listened to me. (laughs) And like, it's so hard to get outside of your own experience to understand that's not how other people are sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, and having empathy for those um, for other people, it, it's so tough, but it's needed. Mm. Yeah, and what's interesting is there's not a lot of bands out there that cover that song. Yeah, there's a. I feel like the only one that I and there, I'm sure there's a bunch, but the only one that I know of um, is the band Gatsby's American Dream. I don't know if you know them. They were around for like a hot second, hmm. but they had a cover on like a compilation of like I think it's it was like Punk Goes Christmas maybe. Mm. It's like Fueled by Ramen, I think, was was the label that did it. Um, but they have one that – but that's like the only one that I know of. Yeah, of my musical background, the only band that I know of is Project 86. Mm. <laughs> they did a cover of that? Yeah, it's really gothic and creepy. Mm-hmm. I guess um, it fits with the tone, huh? And then Mariah Carey did it too. There's that, so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if, Mar- if Mariah Carey did it, I better listen because she's <laughs> – She's the queen of Christmas. That's right up your alley. Yeah. <laughs> so what can our listeners do to support The Undertaking? And like, what are you guys up to this year or next year? Like, what does the future hold? Yeah. Buy our merch. How can we do that? Like, what, what are some ways we can do that? Uh, if you go to theundertaking.bigcartel.com or The Undertaking Rocks, you can uh, find our web store there. We have some pretty comfortable... Uh, attire at the moment we kind of pitch that we uh, print stuff on comfort colors for our shirts which are like kind of a higher quality brand and then independent brand because we're trying to combat the whole like you buy a band t-shirt at the show and it shrinks five sizes by the time you get home yes or like even the uh like the ink on the shirts like isn't going to come off and stuff so anyways we got some we got some merch that we're really proud of but honestly one of the easier things that you can do uh which in in your guys's discord we're talking to people all the time just go to your favorite band's page on spotify and follow them follow the 
band's radio station, all that kind of stuff. And so if you want to head to our Spotify, which you can find us by just typing in The Undertaking and following us, putting our songs in playlists, uh, a band our size is always just kind of fighting against the algorithm of trying to mm. get our stuff out there and stuff. And so that's that's a big one for us. Um, we got two more songs. We released two songs. We have a four song EP coming up. So we have two songs left on that that we're going to record. And then Sweet. we're uh, we're. Uh, how do you say it? We're habitual writers. And so we've got some pretty sick stuff that's just even in the demo stage right now uh, that gets our blood flowing. Um, and so I think for us, once we get the EP out there, which would probably come in March or April of 20, uh, 2023, we want to do some music videos along with that. But once we get that going, I think we're going to try to release a song like every two months or something uh, just throughout the course of the year, uh, maybe ending in an album or something. Uh, and then we are, um, uh, yeah, we're trying to, we're probably going to the East coast in April. Uh, Ooh. so I was like, there's no reason to be coy about that. Cause nobody cares. Uh, but we're like <laughs> insanely in, well, you hear some people being like, I don't know if I can talk about this, but yeah, we're planning an East coast run. That's going to go to like New York and Philadelphia. Wow, cool. Uh, uh, potentially Ohio if we're forced to. Um, <laughs> um, but honestly, that's like a huge, huge bucket list for us. Being in San Diego, we're so far away from so many other cities. Um, and we have some avenues which we're going to explore out there. And West Coast shows are tough. I mean, San Jose, California, a lot of stuff on over here. Um, they're not great shows, and we hear good things about the East Coast. So we're like freaking absolutely amazingly pumped yeah. to, to, to go to the other side of the, the country. It'll be a good time. Um, yeah. That's awesome. And you guys, like, your music is so fun. And I was, like, so bummed. Like, I didn't get to see you guys in Spokane when Gary got to see you. But, like, and I guess I'm speaking for Gary. He's like, man, like, they were so awesome live. <laughs> like, just so energetic. And, like, that super bummed me out. So, hopefully sometime, like, in the future, I'll get that opportunity to see you guys. Because that would be so dope. We'll be back in Spokane probably the second or third week of October in 2023. So, we just have, like, a standing time with Fall Star that we'll do a West Coast run. So, cool. we'll be back up there. All right. We'll try to <laughs> we'll make be back it. at the Big Dipper with Ryan because uh, he's the best. Like, we, yeah. Spokane always treats us well, so we'll keep coming yeah. back. Yeah. Dude, and on your merch thing. So, yesterday, Gary was wearing one of your guys' shirts. And the logo, like, how you guys made it, like – happen is so sick like explain it gary what the metal logo that's yeah it's like that death yeah. metal yeah i have yeah, I got yeah. that camo-ish yeah. tie-dye green yeah with the black undertaking yeah it looks super awesome and yeah. it's comfortable and it fits me and i wear it like all the time they're very cozy cool. yeah i well, mean not to like turn you... on merch but i mean i'm wearing an under yeah you're wearing one right now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, seeing you guys live was tons of fun. It was my second time seeing you. I saw you in, like, the summer at the same place, and yeah. it was freaking hot. Um, but, yeah, you guys put on a great show, and you're always a ton of fun. And I'm always smiling, like, in between songs and, like, when you guys are messing around, especially you, Austin, with the other bands while they're playing, um, or you jump in and do a part of their song. Like, I'm, I always catch myself smiling. I'm like, stop doing that. You're at a metal show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, it all comes down to us just having fun. And, and for, for 
uh, Johnny, I'm not going to speak for you, but for you and me, uh, we have kids at home and, uh, and jobs and stuff that, you know, takes up a lot of our time. And so we hit the road that that's a vacation for us. And so much of this band and so much of what we get to do, you can't take it for granted. Eight years ago when uh, my first kid was born, I thought I was done with music. And so mm -hmm. to be able to be able to do anything that we're doing with The Undertaking is like an absolute blessing, whatever you want to call it. And so for mm -hmm. us to be out on the road, like we're going to maximize every single second. And I mean, Spokane was one of the spots where we, we ponied up for two hotels. Cause I mean, it was what, like 20 degrees outside, yeah. but we're yeah. sleeping in the van, uh, just trying to just have as much fun as possible. And so, yeah, I appreciate you saying that. Cause I mean, even just us interacting with other bands and stuff, like that's just kind of the vibe that we want to set where everybody there is having a good time. And uh, we're not going to anybody that we tour with, if, if, if you're going to take yourself too seriously, I don't know if we're going to gel super well. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we think about that, too, with people that are coming out to shows like you've taken the night off, like away from your family or, or if you're coming with your spouse, you like got a sitter. And it's like we want to entertain you and we want you to have a good time, too, and a good experience. And so, like, I don't know, it, we don't really we don't take it too lightly, but we want to have fun and we want everyone yeah. to have a good time. So it's important to us. Yeah. And I'm super excited to hear your other two songs because I thought your two newest ones were your best ones yet. Can uh, I'm sorry, have I not sent those to you? If if so, I will. I'll oh, send I'd you. The... I'd love to hear them. Okay, I have a. I'll do it as soon as we get off here. I have it all set up on a YouTube clip that has all four songs. We're like the most cliche band thing ever. Like we wrote these things as like one whole, uh, but all four <laughs> it's songs kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All, all four songs tie into each other. Uh, so we, I put it on a YouTube video that has it just to play in like 12 minutes straight and stuff. Oh, cool. So we were even trying to think like creatively. Uh, this is this is a whole separate conversation. <laughs> we're trying to figure out if like we like don't even put it on Spotify. But the only way that you can you can get our EP is if you buy like USB drives from us, and it's just one wave file that you have to listen to. <laughs> just upload it on Spotify as one track. I know. Yeah, just different <laughs> ways to get creative with that. Like the only way to listen to the EP is to buy a cassette tape, but jokes on us cuz nobody has cassette players anymore. So. <laughs> and nobody knows who we are, so they're just like, I'm not going to go through the trouble. Like that's Yeah. yeah. Oh. That's funny. Yeah, I'll send that to you guys uh, as soon as we're done. We're stoked on them. They sound great and we're we're really happy with the songs. And uh, Gary, like that's not lost on us that you say they're our best songs cuz I think we uh, we also feel that way. That's cool. Well, we really appreciate you guys taking time coming on the podcast. Uh, like I said, we, we, we enjoy your music. We love you guys. You guys are awesome. So we really appreciate it. And Merry Christmas to you guys. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thanks, guys. Those guys are hilarious. Uh, every time we interact with The Undertaking, I feel like it's an awesome experience. I absolutely loved uh, both of their traditions that they had yeah are you really going to take johnny's and make it your own uh so while we were editing this i went and told my wife and i was like hey this is what johnny does and she was like oh my gosh i love that and i'm like we're doing it i took yeah. it it's ours so next it's year now. yeah we just got to find some kind of a tin or some kind of thing where they can open it and but jen was like how do you come up with 25 things to do like you know have duplicates Right. Or like plant it the night before. <laughs> like, ooh, 
we can't look at Christmas lights tomorrow. We have plans. Like maybe tomorrow we'll be baked cookies, you know, or yes. like give dad a hug. I'll put more of those in Almost there. like an advent <laughs> calendar of things to do, right? Yeah. You've strategically put the days open. Yeah, because you don't want it to be like decorate the Christmas tree and it's December 24th. You know, like, Oops. well, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah, it just seems like a really cool idea to spend more time intentionally with your family during the holidays. Yeah, and it gets the kids excited, you know. Advent's always fun. When it's chocolate, it's super fun. But when you yeah. open it and it's empty, it's like, why am I doing this? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the, some of those Advent calendars, like when I was younger, you get that nasty little piece of chocolate. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like just yeah. the the traditional like super flat ones and you open it little baby piece of chocolate that tastes like cardboard and like yeah <laughs> it's like the worst <laughs> i i would always do that there better be caramel in this when i bite into this <laughs> was there ever no so if if that is a tradition that you have stolen now that is yours did you have any others that you like loved as a kid or now as an adult yeah yeah so we have we kind of have a new tradition and i don't think it was ever intentionally set up as a tradition um or like we got to do this every year it's just been happening since we had kids yeah. uh but you know uh, when we had kids a lot of our college friends started having kids yeah so what's been happening is one of our friends i don't know how he got it if they i think his wife found a santa claus costume at like goodwill yeah and it was his size and so she's like, we have to do this. And, you know, it's Grant. So he's mm-hmm. he's pretty tall. He's fit. He's not like a holly jolly guy. But yeah. he dresses up as Santa. <laughs> uh, he comes over uh, with his family. They have three boys right now. Um, other friends come over, uh, like maybe two other families, sometimes three. And so our house is just packed. Like yeah. about 30 people, like 27 people, counting oh, little yeah. kids and adults. And if you, I mean, it's packed. Uh, it gets hot. We got to make like, you know, the kind of food that can feed an army and be okay with a big mess. But anyway, so they all come over and we kind of do a thing. Sometimes we decorate ornaments for the kids. Um, mm. You know, there's like a little activity or whatever while yeah. Grant goes into the garage <laughs> and puts on a Santa Claus costume. Yeah. And the kids that haven't noticed like, where'd Grant go? Where's Grant? And then, you know, Santa Claus is at the front door and. And this year, I think it was his oldest son. He's like, where's dad? And his mom's like, oh, he's holding the sleigh for Santa. And I was like, don't say that. Like, the kids are going to be like, I want to see. Yeah. So the costume uh, is good enough to Yeah, make I mean, so the Grant oldest kid is looking. five? Maybe maybe six-year-old? No, there's a six-year-old in there. Do know, you know that it's Grant? Or does it, like, kind of throw you off and you think I, it might be I Santa? I scream, you know, like the elf. <laughs> I'm like... Oh my God, Santa! I just, I feel like, like, it's awesome. Like, more power to Grant to do that. But he took the mantle of Santa Claus young, right? <laughs> like, like 30, you know, or whatever year old Santa. Like, yeah, dude, I mean, that's... it's got a beard. It's the kind of the big glasses, you know? Okay. He's got a big old hat. And the kids are always like, like, why are you so skinny? He's like, I got to oh. bulk up right before Christmas. And he's like, this is how I am all summer long. <laughs> but uh yeah so it's pretty fun he That's all cool. the kids go and sit on his lap uh everyone we all buy like a gift for yeah. santa claus to give to all the kids so it's like a white elephant kind of thing you never know what they're gonna get and right he just reaches in the bag and says here you go and you know the kids cry and scream because they're sitting on santa's lap and they're like who is this guy i don't trust him 
you know, the typical stuff. And sure. one of our friends has a fancy camera and does all that. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good time. And like I said, we didn't ever plan. It's not a tradition, but we've done it like, I don't know, four years now. Um, ever since the kids started noticing, but that's cool. This year, Grant made a mistake. He came back in, and he like you know was walking behind like backwards. He's like, "Bye, Santa, bye." Shuts the door, and uh, the kids Henry's like, there? "Henry's like my oldest son." Points at his feet. He's like, "Why do you have the same shoes as <gasps> Santa?" Oh boy! <laughs> and Grant's like, "Santa's got good taste." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so we're like, yeah, next year is going to be really rough because I think a lot of the kids are already skeptical. Right. Eventually, you're going to know that's your dad, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. So what about you? Do you have a tradition? Got got a few awesome ones. Like um, ever since I was a little kid, Christmas Eve, we would go to my grandparents and now we go to my parents mm-hmm. and we have French dip sandwiches. It's like a thing we do. Huh. Christmas French dip. Yeah. And we're not even French, but it's like roast beef, you know, (laughs) sandwich. Right. With that, you dip it, you know, and get it all soggy. Um, And it's like a thing we do and our family's over there and we eat and drink and hang out and it's a really cool time. Um, And my memories like on Christmas Eve, just like the anticipation for Christmas Day, I think, is more of a joy like super exciting memory than christmas day opening presents like you know that weight of like what's gonna happen tomorrow not being able to Um, sleep yeah i just i just have so many fond memories of christmas eve and so that's for me like my biggest i always look forward to i can't wait this year and we switched like my parents were like sticklers like there's no presents being opened on christmas eve ever like you can't can't touch one that's christmas day don't even think about it my wife's family, you pick whatever one you want. That's yours. You open it. You know, you, there's. It could be anybody's. No, 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 no. <laughs> I want mom's. <laughs> no, this looks like, like a new car. I think I'll. Uh... Like, there's times where like you unwrap an Xbox game and. Oh yeah. You'd be yeah, smart yeah. because you're getting an Xbox. You know, like. Yeah, we totally did that. I, I remember my parents like, okay, you can open one, and we did it one year and. Open like, the wrong yeah, thing. Yeah, I got, yeah, it was an Xbox, like the original Xbox, you know, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, what? And my mom's like, what, you don't have an Xbox? And I was like, no. And she's like, oh, we should have got you the other console. So oh, she like she's played it off. Yeah. 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 And that happens, you know, you just got to, I guess, roll with it if it does. But like my wife's family, they do it. And like my wife is like, we should do it. And so we still do the friendship and do that stuff with my family on Christmas Eve but we also open a Christmas present like our, our kids get to. Yeah. So it's pretty cool kind of mixture of both of our favorite like traditions. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. We let, we did it last year. We'll probably do it again. One present on Christmas Eve, but it's, it's like, you know, planned. This is right. your Christmas this Eve present. Is the and Christmas it's like, you know, a robe or Underwear. pajamas. <laughs> yeah. it, it's like something cozy to wear. Yeah. And so I, I, this year I think they're getting slippers. They're like, oh, I can't wait to see what it is, Dad. Can't wait for this toy. Eventually, yeah. Eventually, they'll be like, I don't want to open my Christmas Eve present. I don't even want it, Dad. What is it? A sweater? Is it pants? <laughs> be happy. Yeah. See, you know, in all those, there's there's a ton of traditions I think we can talk about, and it's just really cool because, like, I think Christmas, like, for us as parents now. 
it's turned into like, how can we create these memories of family, right? With our own kids, you know, and celebrating the birth of Christ and building these traditions. And so it's a pretty cool, pretty cool, you know, and asking these bands about it's awesome just to hear other people's, you know, traditions too. Yep. Yep. So speaking of bands, our third and final band that we interviewed, we talked with Brett in this band named Plead the Widow's Cause. Uh, he's on our Discord and uh, got got them, him and Ian, their singer on, and yeah. uh, had a pretty fun conversation. And if you haven't heard them or you don't know anything about them, we did an episode on their album. I don't know if it's an EP or an LP. It's yeah. eight tracks, so it's like, you know, what do you call it? A little shorter, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we did it this year, and it, the album came out in February of this year. Uh, so you should check that out. Uh, they're great guys. I think I really relate to both of their musical backgrounds, like their yeah. tastes and what they what they like. Um, so yeah, sit back, enjoy for our last interview. So Tyler and I are here with two fellas from Plead the Widow's Cause. And how about we start off with you guys introducing yourself? You know, say your name and your role in the band. And Brett, I'll have you go first. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm Brett, and I play lead guitar in the band. And I'm Ian, and I do all the vocals in the band. We, I don't even remember the full story, Gary. I think Gary sent me uh, your guys's pain split, and he's like, "Yo, check this band out. They're so dope," you know. And I waited. Like, I he sends me all this type of music, and usually I just ignore it. But for some reason, <laughs> I <laughs> for some reason I went back and I like listened to it. And I was like, dude, this is so sick! Like, I this post hardcore feel, I love it. And so I text him, not realizing he was the one that sent it to me. I was like, dude, you need to check out "Plead the Widow's Cause." That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I was pretty pissed at you, Tyler, for like, hey Gary, check out this band. I'm like, really? Scroll up like a week, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so what got you, Brett, into like heavier music? Like what was your gateway band into the scene? I would say Stretch Armstrong was probably my gateway band. Um, so when I grew up, probably like middle school, um, I got into like, you know, Reliant K and all the Christian like pop punk and, and rock bands. And Mm -hmm. I was like on a website and it was like looking for more bands in those styles. And they're like, if you like punk, you'll like stretch Armstrong. And I was like, okay. And then I heard it and I was like, this is way different than like pop punk. So totally got into that. And, you know, I had friends that were into like under oath and as cities burn and, you know, all the falling up early days and, and all that kind of stuff. So it was from there it was just like a rabbit hole of all these different bands and different styles of heavy music that you know i was getting into from there that's awesome i can kind of tell like the influence in your past with your band oh thank you i, I didn't write any of the songs on pain split but i i you know well you I def- fit in good <laughs> yeah but our bass player dan has he takes a lot of influence from bands like Stretch Armstrong and, and Strong Arm and all the old school like Christian hardcore bands. All so. the names with arm and stretching yeah. and strength. <laughs> Dude, that's Strong. gotta be a that's gotta be a first, right? Like Stretch Armstrong being even talked about on the podcast, which is awesome because they're such a cool band, like and super influential to a lot of people. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool, man. All right. Uh Ian, same question for you. What was your gateway to where now you're screaming into the mic, you know, right? So uh Flyleaf, actually. Dude, yeah. That was uh, that was the biggest like um, 
eye-opening as like a young kid you know i didn't know humans could make that noise and, uh, <laughs> let alone know, girls here i'm yeah yeah well that's that's what super impressed me i was like well maybe that's just a you know maybe it's just a girl thing <laughs> you know um you know guys can definitely do that as well <laughs> but uh yeah hearing that was crazy and then um from there like you know me and my friends at church we you know, started like looking deeper into like christian bands and stuff and um one of my friends had this he had this uh it's like a dvd with a bunch of different music videos on it um it's like a christian um he has like a christian dvd with a bunch of music videos and there was uh, an under oath song on there desperate times desperate measures oh, yeah. and i was like oh you can just scream a whole song this is crazy <laughs> that's allowed <laughs> yeah so from there it, you know like brett i just got deeper into it um i bought an Ocean Between Us by As I Lay Dying, Pressure oh, the yeah. Hinges by Haste the Day, and then we just kept, you know, getting involved deeper and deeper into heavy music. That's sweet. That's like my childhood right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think a lot of people had the same one, especially kids who grew up in the church, too. There's yeah, Everyone's like, yeah. oh, yeah, I remember all these. Yeah, we got to rebel. We can't listen to worship music. What's the right. what's the closest we can get? Yeah, who's screaming for Jesus? Dude, that's crazy. I remember Gary, like, I've seen those too, those, like, compilations of music videos. Yeah. I remember Gary showing me, like, a Solid State one, and, like, August Burns Red Composure was on. There's, like, a C-Spot Rock. Yeah. Dude, that's yeah. sweet. That's pretty sweet. Now you'll never find those. You just go on YouTube and type in whatever band, right? Like, right, yeah. It's crazy how it just has changed. Yeah, it's definitely a, a relic of, you know, that time. Like, it's it's yeah. strange to think that, like, oh, yeah, we want to put your music video on a on a DVD with a bunch of other bands. Like, mm -hmm. that sounds so strange now, but it was really <laughs> cool back then. Yeah, first time I heard Under Oath was on MTV, right? Like, their music they played on, like, Headbangers Ball, uh, writing on the walls. And that was the first time I heard Under Oath and was like, oh, my gosh, this is awesome. So I think we'll transition from metal to, you know, the holiday season, since it is that time of year. And starting with Brett, do you have a favorite holiday tradition, whether from when you were a kid or nowadays or whatever? Yeah, so probably, I mean, when I was a kid, uh, we're right outside of Philadelphia here in Jersey. So uh, my family would always ride the train over the bridge into Philly and go see like all the Christmas displays that were in the city and the different, you know, city hall and and everything like that um hmm. now nowadays we also did it when i was a kid but we just drive around and look at christmas lights different houses and and displays so that's that's probably one of my uh, favorite traditions yeah we do that like my wife will check facebook for all the hot spots in the in the city to go look at those like those lights that are set up to like music and stuff so you like tune yep. your radio to it and you get to watch the crazy light show and stuff and we do that every once in a while well, a couple times a year. But that's pretty fun. Brett, do you go all out like with your decorations or what? <clears throat> not yet, not yet. Um, I actually had a I had to buy a bunch of lights this year cuz when I went to go put them up in my yard, uh, a bunch were like out. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and I had like tested them beforehand too. I had gone in my house and like plugged them in, made sure they turned on, but when I put them outside, you know, they didn't want to work. So Dude, same thing. <laughs> I put mine up right before all the snow and freezing weather i'm like i'm the smartest guy in the, on the street put them all up and they all look great for like two days it gets really cold <laughs> and the middle strand turns off and i'm like 
So I either have to rip <laughs> off half the house or this half of the house just to get to this middle strand. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. That's what it is this year. I have a, no. I have a bald spot. You haven't changed so, it? No. Bro, what are your kids going to think, man? Um, they're in bed by the time they turn on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they care. They just see tons of lights and go, ooh, that's cool. <laughs> so, yeah. Ian, how about you? Do you have a tradition that you do nowadays when you're a kid, etc.? Um, well, there's, uh, there, there's this guy in my town who, he always puts up this, you know, this little light show, um, and it would, it would take up like half a street and then it kind of works its way into this little area of my town where there's no roads and, um, you know, people come from all over to come and see it. And it's, it's one dude who sets it all up too. He starts at like, you know, right after Halloween, he starts setting this up right until December and uh there's just a bunch of like vintage Christmas decorations that you know they're real dated now like if you look at them you're like oh that's a little freaky looking but (laughs) that was something we did a lot as kids um was that you know the uh Christmas Eve service at church I remember lighting candles and like that was always you know something that stuck with me but as far as actual like traditions go not not really anything too crazy. Um, there's not there's never anything that we have to do, you know. Heartbroken because you missed it, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, nothing, nothing really ruining the holidays if it doesn't happen, you know. Dude, candles, candles, Christmas Eve service is also one of my favorite things. But at uh, <laughs> a few years ago, my sister in law, I don't even know if she's gonna appreciate that I'm saying this, but she's probably not gonna listen. But like, <laughs> so it was a Christmas Eve service. We lit all the candles and like lit the big candles up front. And afterwards, we're just, you know, socializing, talking. And she backed up so close to the candles that her hair went up into flames <gasps> inside oh, <no>. the church. <laughs> and, oh, like, no. she's like, that's it. That's a sign. I'm, I uh, I can never go to a church again. Uh, this is God telling, <laughs> telling me I can't be here. Obviously, you know, she was, like, exaggerating. But it was it was <laughs> wild. Like, and ever since then, whenever we light candles, we're like, no one can be close to us. <laughs> You'd, like, double check. <laughs> Oh, like straight out of a movie, man. It was wild. How unfortunate. Oh, yeah. Was she okay? Yeah, yeah, she was. We got it out, you know, before it got, like, to her scalp, so. Okay. <laughs> you make it sound like she lost a ton of hair. No, it wasn't oh. too much. It wasn't too much. But, yeah, it did smell, like, in the sanctuary, like, pretty bad afterwards, mm. but. <laughs> Shall we move to the next question, then? Oh, I got you. So, um, talked about holiday traditions. You guys have brought us the perfect Christmas songs. So we'll start with Brett, your favorite song that you've brought for us to talk about on the podcast. What is it? It is Oh Holy Night. Such a good Christmas song. And I feel like it's, it's timeless. You know, it's one of those songs that's a Christmas song, but also a worship song at the same time, Mm. um, which I really, really like about it. It's very theologically deep and the lyrics are very powerful. Um, just the way it presents the gospel through, you know, each verse. And then, you know, you have the end where you're, they're saying like his power and glory evermore proclaim. It's just like looking forward to, you know, Christ's eternal reign and his, mm-hmm. his return. So yeah, Ooh. I, I just, you know, the lyrics in that song are just so, so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very epic. So I think I'm going to have to ask you to try and like hit that, uh, Oh, Night Divine part. 
I'm trying to get there. <laughs> Can you do it? Cause <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. That's a really... <laughs> it really... Whatever we're singing it, you know, like, you try... Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Divine! Yeah, it's like really high. You hear the people try to do it at church or wherever you're at, and you're like, oh my gosh. Or or the people that, like, don't go for the high note, they just, like, go up and they're like, oh, holy night. They just go, like, back down again. They just Dude. don't, like... Because it's, you know, not yes. everyone I, I go low. <laughs> you stay in a low register, you're good all the way throughout. Someone's got to sing the bass, dude. Yeah. Right? Somebody's got to do it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of that song. Uh, I, th- I feel like it's uh, it's a song that it's there's so many, like, renditions of it out there. And it, there's mm-hmm. so many different ways to do it. You know, bands... I think a common thing is to keep it, like, very somber and very holy... If, mm-hmm. if that's a good description of it but i do like when some bands go a little nuts on it <laughs> so like my favorite version lately has been from hangnail oh you guys know hangnail i know that i don't know them. if i've heard that one though oh the, so they had a christmas ep come out like three years ago two years ago now uh and they did this song and it has uh john warren on it oh, and from, if you don't know who for, you know oh, reliant okay. k and ace yeah, troubleshooter yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so they're on there together. It's pretty fun. It's a you know poppy punk version of the song, but that's cool. I'll have to check. It's that cool out. to hear that song in a punk way, instead yeah, of yeah. like in a worshipy way. There's there's a band that um, called Ivory Line, and they did a, a cover of that song. Oh yeah, I, I love that cover. It's like it still feels Christmassy, but there's you know they're a rocking band, and he he hits the note yeah. too, and it's, it's he's crazy. hot. Yeah, he can hit it. <laughs> Yeah. He's up there. I love that. He probably band. sings that high the whole song. Right, yeah. <laughs> Dude, Ivory Line. That's a, I haven't heard that band in a while, man. That's awesome. Mm, throwback. Tyler, do you have a favorite version of that song? You know, um, <laughs> probably uh, Becoming the Archetype, you know. I just <laughs> completely uh, heavy. Uh, <laughs> starts off yeah. kind of somber, you know, but then just gets nasty. So I, I really enjoy that version, yeah. Well, thanks, Brett. Um, Ian, what song did you bring for us, dude? Um, so my my favorite one is "O Come O Come Emmanuel." Killer. Yeah, I, I like that song. That's a good one. <laughs> Do you have like a favorite version of it? Any band or? Yeah, I don't really know. I mean, there's a. This is, you know, weird because there's no lyrics in the version that I really like to listen to. I mean, I love. Mm. You know, I I think the lyrics are awesome. Yeah. Um, so August Burns Red is your favorite version? <laughs> surprisingly not. <laughs> they, they do a great job. But uh, this guy called An- Andrew Peterson, and he does this like finger style rendition of it oh. on an acoustic guitar, and it's it's just really cool and like it, it's pretty. But um, I, I gotta say, though, singing it in church is is awesome. I I love it. That's you know just how it how it is as a I guess as a worship song. It's it's cool because it's. It's like a, it's like a prayer almost, you know. Yeah. It's just crying out to, you know, come back, you know, and like, yeah. here he is, like Jesus has come, you know, like he's here, like rejoice, and it's it's awesome, you know, and the you know the the verses are the real somber, they're usually minor chords, and then that chorus hits, and it's it's just, it's huge, and it it feels big, yeah. and the words have great meanings to them. So, yeah, dude, I love that. It's like that kind of that minor key. Right. And it kind of feels somber. Right. Almost not necessarily mm-hmm. dark, but like somber. And it's just 
it gives you chills, man. I totally agree. Like it's my favorite song to sing in church during this time of year. Um, and it's super congregational too. And so like when it gets to the chorus, the rejoice, it is just huge and it's awesome, man. It, I feel like it's not only just about like the birth of Christ, but you can yeah. take it for now, you know, like this is a prayer I pray all the time, you know, like, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. Israel's you know, God's people and wow, you know, I'd, I'd love for him to come back, you know, so it's, I feel like it's, it can be for any time too. Like, you know, it's not just a Christmas song and it's not just for the birth, but you know, I want to back again. So, yeah, I like the, I like that the lyrics are like, uh, it's like a hope and encouragement type song. Yeah. Uh, cause it starts, you know, it, the, I think it starts off kind of gloomy because it's like, you know, things aren't going great, but there's hope. Oh, come, oh, come Emmanuel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I liked it for the same thing as the other song that you guys picked. You picked like the two most classic, yeah, <laughs> like Christmas hymnal Christian songs, and I do think those are the best kind of Christmas songs because they're about Christ. <laughs> yeah, when you Would asked you... the question, I I had like, did you want a serious Christmas song or did you want like a whatever you wanted like... to bring? <laughs> yeah, so I picked I picked the serious one because that's that's where I lean. So. Okay, so what's the non-serious one? Rudolph. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, like something. Now, actually, my favorite non-serious Christmas song is Dominic the Italian Christmas Donkey. Whoa! Just, excuse me. What? What? It just, <laughs> dude, that song cracks me up every time I hear it. It's the funniest. It's so song. good, guys. You got. It's check a it song. Out. It's actually true. Look like it up. Real song. Dominic, yeah, yeah, Dominic no. the Italian Christmas Donkey. It's so good. <laughs> writing a note. I'm writing a note. Right is it now. also? Is it same guy that wrote "Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer" or something like that? I don't think so. <laughs> Was he Italian? But I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah, dude. Okay. Are there sleigh bells in it? Uh, yeah, I, I, think I think it so. actually starts out with sleigh bells. It's basically like the reindeer can't run Santa on Christmas Eve, so he gets a donkey. It Dominic. starts off with sleigh bells. There you yeah. go, dude. Yeah, it starts out with it. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, if you would have brought that, if you would have brought that, we would have been like, "What?" <laughs> I'd be all about it. Is that a, is that a New Jersey thing or? No, that's that's like I heard that on the radio when I was like younger, and I just cracked up laughing because it was so funny, and I was just oh. like, "This is hilarious." Maybe it is a New Jersey thing because I don't it know. Might I mean, be. Or like an East Coast thing. I've always known thing. about it too. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. There's a lot of Italians and. You know, New Jersey, New York, and like Philadelphia. So maybe it's just more popular. That's funny. Yeah. Okay. So Tyler, do you have a favorite version of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel? You know, I like the traditional, like sung in church um, version, uh, but I like a lot of versions of it. Yeah. Brett, do you have a favorite version of it? Um, Not probably the same as you guys, like singing it in church and just being around other believers. Yeah. Oh, a bunch of people without favorites. That's what I hear. <laughs> well, Gary, what, did you say your favorite yet? No, I didn't. But uh, I mean, there's a ton, right? Because there's so many. Bro, out you there. gotta have one after just ragging but, on us, dude. <laughs> my, the most like standard traditional version that I really like yeah. is uh, Citizens. Oh yeah. Hmm. Yeah. They have a really awesome worshipy version of it. Um, that's it's much happier than the, the standard right mm. like it starts off in a much happier note and it sounds very joyful um 
but if we're going heavy, there's a band called Brothers. Brothers? Brothers with a period. Huh. Yeah, if you look them up, don't look up Brothers. Look up Brothers, period. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, their version's really good. It's like a... Uh, it's not like metalcore, but it's like strained vocals, kind of post-hardcore. He sings a little bit, um, but they only do. They're only known for like doing covers. But my understanding is they're a bunch of Christian dudes. Oh, that's awesome! Wait a sec. Are they? Have they been around for a while? Yeah, like 2014 is probably their first song. Hold up. Let me look this up. I feel like mm, you, you know I them. Know. Potentially, there was a band that we played with, uh, not not Plead the Widow's Cause, um, an older band. We played Creation Fest years ago as this band called Soul Conscious, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure. It, Brothers sounds so familiar. I don't know if they played, but the name is definitely definitely there. It, it sounds mm. very familiar. I don't know. If yeah, they-, they used to have an EP on Spotify of just like their music but i don't think it's on there i think all that's on there right now is like four christmas songs interesting and they're they're all like a year apart but yeah if you're gonna go heavy that's a fun version Hmm. i'll check it out man so i think that's it for our questions yeah uh we super appreciate you guys coming on uh before we say goodbye is there anything that our listeners can do to support you guys like anything specific merch spotify go to your shows those kind of things uh yeah so um yeah we got merch on our Bandcamp page um you can stream the album on spotify apple music um Bandcamp as well uh and we got a show this saturday um but we're definitely trying to book more shows in the new year on the um, west coast yeah come over to the <laughs> west coast yeah <laughs> completely the farthest away you could be from us <laughs> Honestly, exactly it would be so awesome but yeah, it would be yeah yeah we would have to uh we'd have a lot of planning to do <laughs> you need a you need a big band to take you under their wing and yeah. take you up the coast yeah. pretty much yeah yeah for sure we just gotta do we know big band have them put a good word in for us oh, or something talk to <laughs> talk to steve <laughs> from, uh, oh yeah we know gate. steve from wolves at the gate yeah yeah hey there you go yeah awesome. he's an elder at my church oh what yeah what? that's cool yeah yeah we gotta <laughs> i gotta bug him like hey <laughs> um yeah other than that um we are writing a lot of new music um no plans for any recording or anything but uh yeah we've got a ton of songs in the works and we're really excited to to continue to work on those um sweet and then yeah i think we have another we'll have another we've done a bunch of compilations uh we've been on this year uh, for different people, but um, there's another one coming up in the new year uh, that's pretty exciting. That were it'd be a physical release, so yeah, nice. Oh, the the vinyl thing. Yeah, it's going to be a vinyl compilation with a bunch of uh, Christian hardcore bands. So, cool. Yeah, we're excited for that. That's awesome. Was it, who's doing that? Is that through a label or something? Yeah, it's a it's a new label, uh, Resuscitation Records. I think he's based out of LA, um, but he reached out to us and we got a, a song on there and he's got a bunch of other really uh, solid, solid bands on there. So it's going to be cool. A, a cool thing. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I mean, so we've already said, but Tyler and I totally love your guys' album. Yeah. It's totally surprised that it came out this year because <laughs> it feels like it was forever ago. Yeah. Uh, but we played it like all summer 
and we decided to do an episode on it earlier this year just to listen to it and talk about all the songs but yeah we totally appreciate you guys and we love your music yeah, yeah thank you so yeah, much thank you for sure it's and it felt to me like too just to like encourage you guys it was so it was like refreshing it just felt new but like you could still like identify it with like post hardcore stuff from like you know the earlier 2000s and it was just it was refreshing so uh keep doing what you're doing and it's it's awesome man we love it so much Sweet. Yep. Well, yeah, that's what that's pretty much uh, <laughs> all I know how to write at this point. So, <laughs> oh, that's he great. does a really good job. Of hey, it. that's awesome, man. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's it's a lot of just uh, people with the same, and you know, same but like slightly different musical backgrounds. Mm. You know, all just putting our heads together. Yeah. So it's it's cool. You know, there's a lot more. I, I want to say there's more. Um, more hands in this album now the one that we're working on currently like there's going to be a bit more of everybody you know putting participation in cool. um sweet I'm excited. it'll be fun. i'm excited <laughs> that's right so everyone out there has to do themselves a favor listen to plead the widow's cause and uh be excited for new stuff to come we're super stoked guys yeah yep. awesome so thanks for coming on merry christmas merry christmas and merry christmas you guys all right, I guess that wraps up our Christmas special episode. Yes. So thank you everyone for listening, and a big thanks to our patrons who supported us throughout this year. Absolutely. Um, if you guys want to follow us on Instagram or join our Discord server, uh, it's a great way to stay up to date on the goings-ons, what we're doing, what we're planning. Um, yeah. And, I don't know, get to know us and other people better. So I'm going to pass it to Tyler because yeah. he has something to share. Yeah, so we have a kind of a tough announcement, um, and it really just hit home when we were talking to Johnny from The Undertaking about how Christmas isn't the happiest time for everybody. Um, sometimes um, tragic things happen, and it hits so close to home because uh, this year, uh, Gary and I um, and the podcast, we lost tragically um, one of our friends, uh, Isaac Cleveland, who actually was on our first uh, Christmas episode. Um, mm-hmm. huge fan of the podcast supporter and friend to a ton of people um, in the heavy music community and so it's just it's so tragic and it's tough and it was all of a sudden um, came out of nowhere um, and so he's leaving behind a wife and uh, two young kids and obviously they're absolutely devastated so uh, yeah. what we're gonna do um, um, we're gonna link in the bio uh, of this episode um, the GoFundMe that was set up for their family. And so if you feel led at all to donate um, to help a family um, in need uh, this holiday season, that would be just awesome. Uh, one thing about Isaac that I'll say forever is that one thing he did for so many people, which is why he made such a big influence on people, is that he made everyone feel important. And he loved Jesus more than anyone I think I even know. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you feel led in any way to to support that would be just awesome we thank you for that yep and if you can't if you can't find that gofundme link just message us anywhere we can get it to you absolutely but with that um i guess that's a wrap of the year that's it 2022 uh, we look forward to next year and all the things we're gonna do and we wish you all a merry christmas merry christmas and a happy new year that's right Thank you for listening.